are listening to the podcast of the White Church at the Elk River YMCA in Minnesota. Our mission is to seek Jesus, connect together, and share his love. Peter declares that Jesus is the Messiah. Jesus and his disciples went on to the villages around Caesarea Philippi. On the way, he asked them, who do the people say I am? They replied, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and still others, one of the prophets. But what about you, he asked, who do you say I am? Peter answered, you are the Messiah. Jesus warned them not to tell anyone about him. He then began to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders, the chief priests, and the teachers of the law, and that he must be killed and after three days rise again. He spoke plainly about this, and Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. But when Jesus turned and looked at his disciples, he rebuked Peter. Get behind me, Satan, he said. You do not have in mind the concerns of God, but merely human concerns. Then he called the crowd to him along with his disciples and said, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it. But whoever loses their life for me and for the gospel will save it. What good is it for someone to gain the whole world yet forfeit their soul? Or what can anyone give in exchange for their soul? If anyone is ashamed of me and my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, the Son of Man will be ashamed of them when he comes in his Father's glory with the holy angels. And he said to them, Truly I tell you, some who are standing here will not taste death before they see that the kingdom of God has come with power. Grace and mercy and peace to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ, and abiding Holy Spirit who lives in our lives and works in and through us. It is a great privilege for us to be with you this morning. It's the Lord's day and it is Lord's doing for this day. And we thank Pastor Sonia for inviting us and you all for inviting us to be here and be present and share what the Lord is doing. And not only through World Mission Prayer League, but through each and every one of you. And an opportunity to share from his word, which is alive, and it is working in our hearts and in our lives, and working all over the world. We are the witnesses. We are here today, present, seeing each other, is the witness that this word is alive. God is our living and abiding God, and we praise God for who he is. We thank God that he is with us, and he promises to be with us always. Just two weeks ago, we were on a road trip, and we went to Mount Rushmore. And those who have been there know what it is. You know, from far, you start seeing those 
faces. And when you come close and start looking, sometimes you see more than people looking at that, people are taking pictures. And this time, we were there a few years ago. Our kids were little at the time. But this year, three children and I, we decided to go on that trail. And while we started walking, there were places, those who have walked, you know, where you can see one face in a very clear way and then about the person. And you move to another spot and then the other spot and the fourth one. And it is amazing how different when you start looking from far away and when you get to the closest to those points, you start seeing, not only seeing, but reading about them, getting to know little more. And I'm sure you have studied about those precedents, but seeing and reading all over again feels like it brings you closer to know that person, little more better. Gospel of Mark is bringing us closer to who Jesus is. And I'm so glad when uh, we heard that you are reading, you're going through the Gospel of Mark. It has been a privilege for me from past uh, last month to preach from the same Gospel. And so when I was given the choice, the pastor said, you can choose your own or we are reading the Gospel of Mark. I said, I will take Gospel of Mark. Whatever you are reading, I would like to be part of that journey. Because I have been feeling that the Lord is giving me another opportunity to get to know him really close as God is inviting all of you reading through this gospel. Do you know how much time it takes if you want to sit down and read this gospel of Mark? How much time does it take to read? Anybody? One hour, 30 minutes. How many chapters are there? 16 only. And those who are fast readers, it could be less than one hour and 30 minutes. For me, it will take more because I get lost in between and I start thinking about something and then I start, you know, trying to evaluate or, or read more or go back and something. But if you want to sit down and take that challenge, I saw that Gospel of Mark is out, you know, just the Gospel of Mark is there. Take that home. You can take the Blue Bible and read. Just see if you can finish in an hour and 30 minutes. Or if you might, you might take the challenge and be able to read, okay? Those who are readers, yes, do that. And if you have your own Bible, that will be the best. Because then you can underline some of the important things. When Mark started writing, he starts very well. You have the Bible. If you want to open with me, the very first chapter, very first verse, Mark talks about who this Jesus is. Whom is he writing about? In the beginning of the good news of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Jesus Christ. Jesus Messiah, the Son of God. And you see that theme throughout the gospel. Jesus Christ. Christ and Messiah is the same word. It means the anointed one. 
And if you start reading the very first chapter, you see Jesus is going around Galilee and he is talking and preaching about the kingdom of God and calling people to come and repent and receive the everlasting life, the kingdom of God. And then, if you keep going, you read who Jesus is. People are, I, I said that Gospel of Mark invites us to come to know Jesus. If you read chapter 1, verse 22, Jesus is a teacher. Whenever he got to the area where synagogue was and it was Sabbath day, he went to those synagogues and then he started teaching. Rabbi, teacher. And people were amazed because he spoke with authority, not like other scribes. And people questioned, who is this teacher? Who is this rabbi who speaks with authority? You keep moving. Second chapter, third chapter. He is moving to the towns and villages, and there are people who are sick. He touched them, and people were healed. You keep moving. There are lots and lots of stories where Jesus healed. And then chapter 4, towards the end, what did he do? Verse 35 talks about Jesus calms the storm. I'm sure you heard that story. And then you heard the story how the people were released from evil spirit. You know, in this country, many people, they don't believe in that. I don't think there is evil spirit. But there, evil is there. Power of Satan is trying to discourage trying to destroy the work of the kingdom of God. We have seen people being released from these demonic powers. And Jesus did that. And then he chose his disciples also in chapter 3, if you see that. And he, then he sends them out with authority and power. And he heals, even he raises the dead. And keep moving, keep moving. He feeds how many? 5,000, chapter 8. Actually, before that, it's 5,000. In chapter 6, he, Jesus walks on water. All the amazing things are happening. He's not only the teacher, he is the healer, he's the doctor. He's a miracle worker. And he fed 4,000 again. And not only that, he healed those who were blind, those who were deaf, those who could not speak. But the power of an authority, he was able to heal all of them. And today we come towards the end of chapter 8. Jesus is with his disciples. Wherever Jesus went, there were crowd all over. But there were moments when Jesus wanted only his 12 chosen ones. And now the story for today begins with that. His own followers are with him. 
And so he asks question. What did he ask? Verse 27, who do they, other people, say that I am? What is the answer? What is the answer? Some say, John the Baptist. Others, Elijah. And others, one of the prophets. Just because he was doing some miracle work. And he could speak. Because John the Baptist preached. Elijah and all other prophets, they did miracle. But then here comes the question that you answered a little earlier. What did he say to his 12 who were so close, who saw Jesus, who lived with Jesus all these three years? What did he ask? Who do you say that I am? You, you, you. To his close-knit group. Who will answer? Whom do you think among all those 12? Peter. Of course, who are you, Lord? You are the Messiah. You are the Christ. Why? Because that time, Israel, the people of that land, they were suffering. They were oppressed by the Roman power and government. And they were looking for the Messiah. The Messiah means the anointed one, the one who will deliver them. And here Peter says, okay, he is the one. And he says, yes, you are, Lord. You are the Messiah. You will deliver us from this power. I want that physical king in my life. The whole Israel needs physical king. But Jesus takes them more. He said, don't tell them. But he moves a little further. And he then starts talking to them. Verse 31, he says, the son of man must undergo great suffering. The Messiah they were looking for was someone to deliver them from this power. Even in some level, even his own disciples. But here Jesus walks them a little closer to get to know who Jesus is really. He is Messiah, but he is the one who will go through suffering for one reason and only one reason, to save the world, save them and save us all. Suffering Messiah. They had no clue what he meant, but he told them what he is called to do. He must undergo great suffering and be rejected by the elders and chief priests and the scribes and be killed. And after three days, rise again. Peter was not looking for that Messiah. He was looking for somebody to just have a good life here. But Jesus is taking different route. And that's the reason why Peter gets so upset. And he rebukes them. God has his way, his plans. Man, we try to make our plans. But ultimately, God's will is always done. And here, Jesus is leading his own close-knit group. Jesus is not only with his own disciples. The following verse talks about 34. He says, he called the crowd with his disciples and, and then he said to them, what did he say? Very important thing. If anyone wants to become my followers, 
let them deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. Oh, these 12 thought me, this is good life. Follow Jesus wherever he is going. We will get food even though we don't have anything in our hands. Somebody will have and Jesus will pray over and we all be fed. What a life. But here Jesus talks about completely different life. He's talking about death. Nobody want to listen to that part. Nobody want to walk that path. And it's not only simple death. He's talking about the struggle. I will be killed, rejected, and killed. And then here he talks about those who want to follow me, me. What do you do? Take up your cross. Remember the time of Jesus. That the death that was on the cross was the worst death ever. And Romans did not get that death penalty. The others got. And taking up the cross meant death. If the cross was given to you, you were going to die. And here Jesus calls them, and he says, if anyone wants to follow me, take up your cross and follow me. And you have to deny yourself. What does it mean to us today? Is Christian life that hard? It's following Jesus that hard? If we take it that way, Yes, if we want to have me, 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 me over everything, then it is tough. But when we see Jesus and to know he is the Messiah, he is the Lord of my life, it is in one way easy. Sometimes it is easy to say that, but not easy to follow. Denying yourself is giving up your desires. I really like the, the very first song we sang, Surrender. How does it go? If we surrender, we are in his design. When we surrender ourselves, we say, Lord, I'm nothing. It's all you. It's not easy. I know, I understand. I struggle with that too. We all struggle. Because we want our ways. Even though we say in the Lord's Prayer every time, your kingdom come, your will be done. But it's sometimes we just say from here and we don't mean it. This is what denying is. Having that center, Christ being center in our lives. Jesus, the center of our life. It is radical. Christian life is a radical life. We don't flow. We don't swim where the water is. Swimming. We, we swim against the current. We don't go how the world is going. Christ was always radical. When we came, Pastor Sonia, she said, sometimes this place is wild. I said, yes, God calls us to be wild. Because he is. He is. 
Dietrich Bonhoeffer, a great theologian, he said, when Jesus calls us to follow him, he bids us to come and die. Come and die. Die to ourselves. And when we do that, Jesus says, you will live. Paul said, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. In Jesus, we have life and life eternal. In the Gospel of John, when you read that, chapter 10 talks about Good Shepherd. He says, Good Shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. In 15, chapter, he says, You are my friends. I lay down my life for you. Jesus has laid down his life for us that we will have life and life abundant. He invites us to follow him to take up the cross. It could be very costly. In this culture, we don't see that, but it is costly. Standing for the truth is very costly and hard, but God calls us to do that faithfully and sincerely. I'm going to close with a story, a real story. 150 years ago, it happened in northeast part of India. Now it is Meghalaya. Earlier days, those days, it was part of Assam. I'm sure you have heard Assam tea in that kind of part of the land 150 years ago. It's a village where headhunters lived. Nobody outsider could come and share what is their beliefs because everything was theirs and they were proud of who they were. American Baptist missionaries came to that land, that part of India, 150 years ago. And they started trying to share the love of Jesus to people. It was hard. They could not stay there. They were chased out. Some of them were killed. But in their conversation, in their communication with this community, one family became a believer. And through their lives and testimonies, some of their relatives were starting to hear about Jesus and who he is and how he calls us to live a life of faithfulness. When the chief of that village, who is a, was a king, heard what was happening and the, the, the life of the village is changing a little bit because not everybody were trying to hear his command he got very upset. And he found out this is the family. This man is the root of bringing the change. So they had a village meeting. And in that meeting, they brought this family. He had their bows and arrows because they were headhunters. They had all the things ready. They brought this man and the family right in the center of this meeting. And whole villages, everyone was there, young and old. And there, the chief asked the man who was the head of the household, who was the first who became Christian. He said, deny Christ, otherwise you will face consequences. He said, I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. He had two sons. The chief repeated again, deny, otherwise those two will be killed. 
He said, I have decided to follow Jesus. The two sons were killed in front of his eyes and his wife's eyes. The chief repeated again. He said, your wife is now next. Deny Christ. He said, do none go with me. I will still follow. She was killed. And then again, the chief repeated, you know the next. Deny Christ now. He said, the world behind me, the cross before me. No turning back. I have decided. He was killed. Those who want to follow me, Jesus said, carry your cross. And you will have life. This chief was, he did not know what was happening. Why? The question started haunting him. Why? Who is this man, Jesus? We read in history, the blood of the martyrs are the seed of the church. You know what? That chief confessed Christ. He said, if that is that powerful God, then I want to accept him. And I want to follow him. Till the death. And when he claimed that, the whole village became Christian. There are challenges in life. Following Jesus is a joy, but it's not without thorns. But when we cross, the Bible says in Revelation, be faithful till the death and you will have the crown of life. Jesus is the Messiah, the living God, who is your Lord and who could be Lord of your family and your community and for the world. But we need to surrender and pray for our loved ones that they will come to know this Jesus and become followers. Let's pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you and we praise you that you are the Lord. You are the author and finisher of our lives. Father, we surrender ourselves to you and we pray that your will may be done in and through our lives. Help us, O Lord, daily to die with you and rise with you, as Luther said. Help us, Lord Jesus, to deny ourselves daily and fight against all the evil and temptations to stand for you bring glory to you, Lord, for your kingdom. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Y Church Podcast. For more information about the Y Church, check us out online at thewychurch.org.